Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Brace yourselves, winter is coming. What the writers of games, uh, Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you can get 20% off, plus free shipping if you use the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker, Boxers, Travel Kit, and Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help with your close shave down there. No need to have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trim. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin-safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The Performance Package also includes Crop Preserver. It's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver Ball Toner will keep your boys fresh at all times. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their foot duster, foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? The Refined Cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scented designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in the shed travel bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code UNFILTERED20. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. These products are snow joke. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 219. I'm your host, Blaine Padvay, and I'm joined now by my co-hosts, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. Hello. Happy New Year. 
Welcome to 2022 to all our listeners, and it is great to be here with both of you guys uh, to kick off the new year. Happy to be here. Finally nice to have uh, the three of us together for a show. Yeah, yeah I took a, a little sabbatical over the holidays just to, you know, rest and relax, and uh, it's good to be all back together. Yeah, it's been, uh, we took a little bit of a week off there uh, for our listeners who were Looking for new shows. We didn't have anything for the last week, but we're here now and we are ready to roll. So it's 2022. Um, Just for those of you who listen to us, that might be about our vintage, not, not Matt's. I'm talking about Treg's and myself. (laughs) Um, These songs are now 30 years old. So if you're an eighties and nineties kid, (laughs) You're going to love this. Uh, Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. And Friday, I'm in Love by The Cure. Turned 30 this year. Was it a I, think the, I think the first time I heard my, uh, my brother's voice crack, he was singing Under the Bridge. <laughs> to be honest. Was he, was he trying to hit the high notes there in the chorus there? I know that he still can't sing Other Side. It's fucking brutal. Right? <laughs> Just be glad he wasn't trying to be flea and running around the house naked, shaking oh, his junk at you. Or yeah. wearing a sock on his junk while he runs around. <laughs> if he's polite. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening, Marty, it's a toe sock. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so crunchy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll just dive right into it. There, there is quite a bit of news, despite everything being kind of paused at the moment. So the Canadians extended their pause this morning. As we record, it's Wednesday, the 6th of January. Uh, today was supposed to be the end of the Canadians COVID pause, but they extended it to the 8th of January, which means if it were to be lifted on the 8th, they will practice on the Sunday coming. So fingers crossed, especially considering they have a game on Wednesday against the Bruins, which was supposed to be a home game. They just moved it to Boston so they can get fans. Um, Currently the Canadians have 16 out on the COVID list and about 23 players altogether injured or on the COVID protocol list. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're only allowed 23 players on a roster. Yeah. Team COVID. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's insane. Yeah. Like we we've, we've talked about all year the amount of injuries that this team has had, and then it's you know play on play on. Now it's a whole other it's a whole other thing, and and now it's uh, with the COVID and everything like that, and the players being put on protocol, and it's still the same thing play on play on. And now some of those players are on the list, like Cam Hellas who started the year in Trois-Rivières is now on COVID list after playing a couple games with the Canadians or playing one game with the Canadians. Well, I, what it does make sense to me is they're canceling other games with yes. only three or four people on the team with COVID. That's right. And then Montreal has 16 players yeah, literally play in on. protocol. They have two go, both Allen and Mondebo are in COVID. Yeah. Uh, Primo's in COVID. Yeah. And if, uh, uh, so, I mean, if they if play, and they're not back, you're playing McNevin. If you're Michael McNevin, you're still probably not going to play. <laughs> They'll probably play <laughs> Kevin up the E-bug. They'll probably play Kevin Poolin. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a knock on, on McNevin. We, we think he's a fantastic goalie, but 
this organization doesn't seem to think they're not as highly of him as we do. Well, maybe his remarks at the first of the season were had something to do with it. Well, very well. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Uh yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they played in Florida. They were they were they were told, hey, just get this game done and then you can go on your break. Yeah. They were already down there. They already yeah. had the uh the Trois Diviard Canadien Lyon already <laughs> already dressed and ready pretty to much. go. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. Hill is come, uh, being called up from the ECHL, and then he's, there he is lined up against one of the premier two way centers in the in the league in Barkov, and yeah, he won a few of the faceoffs. So good for him. You know what? It's good. It's good exposure for these young guys. It's just that you like to see them mixed in with NHL caliber players to see yeah. what they can bring when they are called up. And right now, it's it's an AHL line. So yeah. yes, you're seeing what they're, what they're bringing, but you're not seeing them matched up against the third and fourth lines. You're seeing them matched up against the top six of some of the better teams in the league. You know, the last three games they played, those are three of the best teams in the league points wise right now. And they well, almost the beat Tampa. Well, they should have beat Tampa. And they should have yeah. beat Tampa. Exactly. Yeah. But you, you got to look at the players in a microcosm. You, you're watching them in their individual play, seeing yeah. how they react how they, how they adjust. Uh, you know, that in some cases they're just not going to be good enough because sometimes it's a, a third line AHL or with lack of, with very little experience going up against someone like a Stamkos. You very just much, know yeah. yep. they, they're going to, you know, so you got to watch what they're doing. So, but at the same time, this gives Gorton an amazing opportunity to basically assess the entirety of the yep. Canadian system. Yep. yep. Because well, they've pretty much played everybody except for the uh, uh, the CHL call-ups. Yeah, which is which they're, they're, if the games continue to play, like uh, as we're recording tonight, I believe they were supposed to play the Leafs. Yeah. And um, it was getting very, very, very close that we might have seen uh, a Jan Mishak uh, brought up or a, a Gouli or something like that. And if you follow uh, cap-friendly transactions – You'll note that prior to the Florida game, uh, Gooley and Meshack were both brought up onto the emergency call list. It was a paper transaction because they didn't actually fly down, but they were still there just on the off chance. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Gordon there and how he can assess. He can assess his players and what he has in the system, but I don't understand. He can't really assess the team. That's what he's going to no. have a hard yeah. issue. Yeah. Like they're they're going to come into a season near the end where they're going to have to be like, are we rebuilding or are we retooling or what are we doing here? How far away are we from being where we need to be? Do we need a full rebuild and say, fuck it, we'll start from scratch, let's go? Or do we just need to add change the way the defense is a little bit and then add a player here or there? It's hard to assess that when from day one, you kind of really haven't had your actual team. It's been like that the entire season. Bergeron that, never had the entire team, right? So, so how can you assess, how can he assess what he needs to do in the offseason? I mean, I yeah. personally think a rebuilds on the table, but uh, yeah. that that could be a show in itself. I think uh, that's true. That's true. I think we yeah. can have a we can add that with a, a GM search show. But yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll go back to uh, the news around the team. So we talked about the pause. Um, Logan Mayu 
has been reinstated uh, as of January 1st. He is back on the active roster for the London Knights. According to the OHL and its, uh, its health professionals, he has, he has met all the requirements that the league in the OHL has placed for him uh, to be able to play again. Um, so uh, he's supposed to play on the 7th of January with London. Um, so now it kind of comes down to everything that this kid did, all the illegal activity, the criminality that he has, he has to put that behind him now and prove he is worthy of a second chance. Yeah. And that's just not on the ice either. Um, he's got to continue down the path that he's been going that obviously made it see, made it apparent to the uh, OHL committees and the CHL that he's ready to take that next step and yeah. be reinstated. Um, he can score a hat trick a game if he wants to. It's not going to matter if he if he continues if he if he gets back into the path that got him into this trouble to begin with. Well, he has to do both. He has to play well on the ice and he has to prove himself off the ice if he wants to have any hope at all of signing a contract and no, the Canadians will not be renouncing that pick because you're just basically, you're making the matters worse Yeah, because yeah, you, they've, you, they bought into this whole, we're going to rehabilitate him. And if you just yeah. renounce the pick now, you're basically shooting your own that's right. yourself in the foot. That's right. And it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what he's going to, what he's going to bring to the table when he, uh, when he joins the Knights roster Kid hasn't played in a long time. He the last games that he played, he played for uh, he played in Sweden. So he's it's going to be hard. Out, I think he's been working out. I believe with a university team or one of those. He's been skating with them in with line rushes okay. at practice yeah. every single day. So, but he, uh, I truly believe the OHL suspension. They already knew they were going to reinstate him because everything that they asked him to do, he was doing from the start anyway. Yeah. Uh, he was doing even before he, as soon as he got back to London, even before he was drafted, the Hunter brothers had him into a program. They, they actually, London was doing exactly what they should have been doing. Uh, and then Montreal came and they took over. And so from that you had, uh, you know, uh, him doing really pretty much everything the OHL said in their statement he needed to do. And I think that was kind of a canned statement by the OHL. They were like, we're suspending you. But if you do all this, we'll, we'll reinstate you, knowing full well that he was already doing it anyway. Um, with Mayu, now you gotta, you got to move away from what he did. And I'm not going to call it a mistake because I don't think it was a mistake. Uh, it was a lack of better judgment maybe but it wasn't a mistake a mistake infers that you really didn't know what you were doing and he knew exactly what he was doing um and look at the kid as as his skill you know you got to look at his skills and you got to look at his talent uh you got to move away from the rest of it uh he's supposed to have the talent he's supposed to have the skill that he could be a top four defenseman in the nhl um uh most uh, uh draft boards had him anywhere as high as 15 and as low as 27 i'm gonna say before the incident and after the incident they had him right off the board um i'm not going to talk about the other shit anymore because it's already been talked to death so i'm just going to go on about this guy's skill and what this guy could bring the canadians if he comes back the same way he did when he left you're going to get a pretty good puck moving uh heavy hitting uh good skating um 
defenseman who has a IQ both in the offense and the defensive zone. And uh, if that's the case, it's the type of hockey player that I think Jeff type of defenseman. I think Jeff Gordon's going to want on his blue line. Uh, I think you're going to see a change from the stay at home defenseman type uh, Mark Bergevin type defenseman and move into the good puck moving two way defenseman that uh, I think Gordon's got with speed and uh, uh, puck skills. Who would you say, who would you say that he would compare it to Logan Mayu? Yeah. If you're talking about kind of a heavy hitting, smooth skating, um, off you know two way defenseman on the Canadians, no, it's just in general. In general, maybe a Latang, maybe not, maybe not as highly as skilled, but maybe. I kind of look at him. I kind I kind of look at him as kind of like a Jacob Truba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's a better skater than Jacob Truba, but he's that style. Yeah, yeah. I look at Caden Gooley as more of a – well, I guess Trouba got some offense to him too, though, so I guess I, I can't take that away from him. Dare yeah. I say a Tony D'Angelo? <clears throat> if you just, if, well, if you just look at skill. If you just look at skill. Like, like Tony's an asshole. Yeah, but he's not, he, a, he's not a physical player. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. He only yells but. obscenities from behind referees. <laughs> at his own goalie. <laughs> at his own goalie. Or punches yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, back to, to Mayu and uh, the London Knights. I mean, London was setting itself up to give this kid more of an opening or ice time. They knew he was going to come back. They traded, uh, what's the kid's name? Ben Roger. He was the Ottawa draft pick from last year. Uh, he was their top line right-handed defenseman. They traded him to Kingston, making space for Mayu's return. So he he fits into the hunter brothers plans on the ice they they watch him every practice they know what he's capable of so uh, i think he's going to have every opportunity to prove himself on the ice if he does that and he follows whatever plan that was laid out for him i would assume that by the time summer rolls around he will be signed there will be a massive uproar of course there will be <laughs> there's going to be problems but um this is this is the legacy that was left behind by the last management team and the current one i don't think is going to uh offload this prospect just yet they might trade him down the road but skill wise he's a good pick i'm sorry to say like i, I people don't want to hear that because they only think of the one thing but skill wise, it was a steal at thirty one, and he was really. gonna he would have got picked on day two. We already know this. He would have been picked. Yeah. In the, somebody would have taken him in the second round. I don't think Montreal should let me get this off. I don't think they should have drafted him. No, no, I they don't. shouldn't have. They shouldn't. I don't have. think. I don't think he should have been drafted. He asked not to be drafted. Everyone should have not drafted him, and then he could have waited to the next year. Whatever. I mean, However, it's done. What's done is done. You got to look by it and you know, nothing's going to change. They're not getting rid of them. They're not whatever. Like what Blaine just said. Now we got to look at it. Move past. I mean, if people can get over Patrick Kane, people can get over uh, Logan Mayo. Agreed. Yeah. And it, it's, it, it just seemed like uh, Timmons and company were, uh, were galaxy braining this saying, 
hey, here's a kid who should have gone a lot higher, but he slid down here because of whatever. Yeah, let's take the heat so we can get the better prospect, which is fine. But at the same time, I agree. They should not have picked him after asking not to be picked. I mean, Nolan Allen was sitting right there. They could have picked him. Chicago took him right after. Um, another defenseman, albeit left-handed. But these are, the, these are the options they had. It's not like, you know, it would have just been easier. It was a 31st pick. It's not like they were picking, you know, 20th or somewhere down the line where – yeah. You know, it was a 31 pick. It's almost a second round pick. Anyway, you could have went with, uh, I don't, I forget who the Canadians first pick. Riley Kidney, was he the next pick they had or? Uh, uh, you're not so, pretty sure. Let me, let me just it check. It was. I'm pretty sure it was Riley Kidney. They could have went with Riley Kidney at 31. They were picking him anyway next. So. Yeah, they could have. Or whoever got picked in the top five of the, the second round. They could have picked any one of those players. And they still would have got a pretty good player. That's right. Maybe. Who knows? Still, they could have picked uh, Antu Ratti, a centerman that uh, the Islanders picked up. I mean, they could have had a bunch of other picks. But the pick was made. That's who the, uh, the Canadians have. That's what they have to deal with. He is back on the London Knights roster. We're going to see what he can do. And if he can, he can perform on and off the ice the way he's supposed to. And we'll see what happens this summer. <clears throat> Which I also think has a lot to do with how Jordan Harris how that plays out. Yeah. And it seems that um, Gorton's going to be down in the States or he might already be in the States and he's going to be evaluating some of that uh, college talent that the Canadians have in their system. There's quite a bit. There is. And, and according to Pierre Lebrun, uh, it may not, he may, Harris may not want to come back. However, Lebrun's kind of thing was a little bit flippy floppy. Because in one sentence, he's saying he may not want to come back. He might want to go to the home team, Boston. He doesn't have to resign in the summer. However, with the new management and the new everything else, he may have changed his mind to, so it was kind of a. Yeah, that's been, that's been the. I don't want to say click, a clickbait Twitter post, but it was kind of a, is this really happening? You know, that's been the trope that's been repeated ad nauseum now. Will he sign with this hometown Bruins? Will he stay with the Canadians? Um, I just don't want to see. I just don't want to see what it, what what happened with like Adam Fox. Adam Fox. Everybody knew he was going to go to the Rangers, yeah. and it was just like a song and dance, song and dance, song and dance, song and dance. Everything was in the media. All of a sudden, he shows up from uh, in in the Rangers and lights it up, wins a Norris Trophy, and it was the same thing as Jimmy VC, right? Yeah, but Jimmy VC didn't really go anywhere. Right, and so it doesn't really. The thing is, is, is I don't like the way the college players get to pick and choose after certain, certain so many years where they can go. Like, yeah. Why bother drafting them? Why, why yeah. bother drafting if you're going to sit there and go, well, I don't want, I don't like who I got drafted by, so I'm just going to play out my college uh, hockey, and then I'm just going to choose who I want to go yeah. to later. Yeah. If imagine that's the if, case. If imagine that's if the Kale case, McCarty they guys will just play it. Out. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if Kale McCarty did that. Adam Fox is a tremendous, very good defenseman. You know, I'm, you know, my ankles are still sore watching that uh, highlight from uh, McCarr the other night against Chicago. So, yeah, just imagine if he would have done that or any of these other top level college kids. Now, that wasn't against that just anybody. That was, yeah, that was wasn't just against Fleury. anybody. That was <laughs> yeah. against Kirby Doc. Kirby yeah. Doc and then Andre Fleury for the yeah. goal. But I mean, you think about it. If Owen Power, I truly believe if Owen Power does this with Buffalo, you're going to see the NHL and the NHLPA. 
at least the NHL look at this and go, we got to change this university thing because really what is if, if once they know they can have their pick of who they want to play with, why would they care who they got drafted by? True. Be, you know, they just say, well, I'll just play because, you know, what is it, three years? As long yeah, as they four. – four, yeah, as long as they don't sign for four years, they're like, all right, I'm free to go to whoever I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, but at the you same know, time, no matter who you sign with, you're signing an entry-level deal. Yeah but, yeah, but at least you're signing with the team you want to be with. Yeah, yes. you're picking and choosing for your opportunity. And yeah, in Jordan Harris's case, yeah. um, his his goal, if his goal is to step right into the NHL, if Northeastern loses out and doesn't make the final, or the Frozen Four, the Canadians can sign him and let him burn an entire year and let him play in the NHL. That's something that the Bruins can't do because the, the Canadians Bruins- own his rights. LeBron did bring up the fact that the Bruins don't have a really have a spot for him either. No, no, they don't. I mean, mean, they can make room for him. It's it wouldn't be hard, but they don't really have a spot for him. Or if they do, it'll be like a bottom. Yeah, you know, bottom. If if the Canadians do lose him, though, this is a kid that you can't lose for nothing. Like you're, you've got to get a good draft pick back. You've got to get a good prospect back. Whatever, whatever it is. You need to you need to have someone that's as NHL ready as the player you're giving up. And I mean, and and money can't be motivation for him because he's going to get the same no matter where he goes. Yeah, right. so it should it, uh, more than likely it's about situation for him. And according to his coach down in Northeastern, uh, he is a loyal kid, and he his goal is to finish out the year, win a national title, and sign with the Canadians. So. Until I hear otherwise, that's my expectation. I still think Gorton has to go down and sell the Habs, but I would expect him to sign with Montreal simply because they have the better opportunities for him to play now. He'll probably he'll play next year. He'll play this year. Guaranteed. He could. Yeah. Guaranteed. All right. Moving on from that, uh, the last game. Oh, no, you had a piece of news there, Matt. Yeah, so uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs announced today that they acquired um, Hamilton-born defenseman Arbor Jacki from the Kitchener Rangers, and in return, the Rangers received a forward, two second-round draft picks, 2022 and 2025, two third-rounders in 2023 and 2024, and a conditional fourth in 2023. This is quite a haul for a guy that literally walked into the Kitchener Rangers and you know put up three points in 59 games you know, sophomore season, put up 17 points in 51. Then all of a sudden he bursts on the scene as this undrafted player right now gets drafted or gets um, picked up by the Canadians organization after a very good camp. And now he's at 17 points in 18 games with a very good fight. That's all over hockey fights right now. And yeah, it was used suspended for <laughs> And uh, um, this is kind of a kid that kind of came out of nowhere. And now he's uh kind of one of the prospects to watch in the Canadians organization. So good on him. Um, he's worked very hard for this uh, opportunity. Now he goes back home, plays for the Bulldogs, and he's going to be playing with uh, uh, Canadians prospect uh, Jan Mishak. And um, they're going to be looking for uh, for a run for the OHL championship. Matt, you never mentioned Niver Mutter. <laughs> I just said a forward. <laughs> forward yeah. is the infamous. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Soon to be drafted. Yeah. Navrin Mutter. Navrin Mutter. Yeah. Is he from Newfoundland? I have no idea. <laughs> Mutter. But if it is, his real name is his real name's Nathan Mother. <laughs> uh so i i've had uh one of our listeners reach out to me and send me some messages uh, via twitter and telling me how excited he is to see arbor jack i go back to his hometown uh he he knows him uh from the days when him and his son would uh, would play on the same team uh he says it's a, he's a great kid he's a quiet spoken person you'd never guess by his play on the ice but He's a quiet spoken uh, young man who's comes from a good family and, and he just works hard. So it's good to see these underdog stories uh, come to uh, come out. And it's nice to see good people be rewarded for hard work. Yeah. During the preseason, I, I, I mentioned like right after the, right after the preseason, we went into the season, they started a little bit slow. And I mentioned a few times that maybe they shouldn't have given so much opportunity to some of these young guys during the preseason and especially with a uh, with a shortened schedule and really tried to pair their their uh, NHL roster up. He was one of the guys that I didn't really care that they gave him a little bit extra playing time because he earned it. And then, the, well, and, and, the, and then all of a sudden he gets a, a three year entry level deal out of it. And the, I, from a guy that nobody knew about going into this season. And I had to watch a game to figure out how to pronounce his name. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's not hard to see how a six foot four, 225 pound physical defenseman could fit into a pro system. Oh, hundred percent. But this it is that. interesting to see the way he, how offensively he turned his game around from, yeah. like you said, he started with three points to 17. He was more of a stay at home defenseman. And then also with Kitchener this year, he became their, one of their top scoring yep. defensemen. Yep. So almost it, just that, a late bloomer. Yeah. He's a late bloomer. It's kind of like Sheldon Surrey when he came to Montreal from New Jersey. Sort of. I don't think I mean, we're going to be seeing a big power play bomb. Uh, but... No, I, I just meant the way his offense, he, yeah. he went from a, a defensive defenseman to an offensive defenseman. I think this gives, I think we're going to see this guy in the, H, the AHL next year turn some heads. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. And I want to see how his, his offensive game translates to the pros. Yeah. Uh, he's got the defensive side down. I'm not too concerned with that. He's physical. He's very solid defensively. He's improved on his skating year over year. And I want to see his offensive game as well. If he can, if he can get some of that to translate to the pros, then maybe we have an NHLer on our hands. He could be next year. Shoot him in. Yeah. You know what? Shoot him in. Hasn't looked bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm impressed with shoot him in. I like, he can stay on the Canadians all year for all I care. I think he's a great. He just plays simple hockey. Plays the game. You don't even know he's out there. You don't even yeah. hear his name, right? Kind and, of a Josh and, George's type. Yep, yep. I, I really like shooting him. Like, I think he's a perfect complement for that team. I, yeah. Start trading bo- uh, bodies out and let him stay. Well, yeah, I think if, yeah, 100%. I think Sherratt's out, Kulak's out. I would keep shooting him for the rest of the year. He's, he may as well. And at this point, at this point, you don't have very many options anyway. I think you're going to see a very, I think you're going to see a very different defensive core next year with the Montreal. Yes. And I think it'll be a a more mobile one. I don't know if you're going to see anyone that's on the defensive team this year with the team next year. I think Romanov will still be there. Well, although, okay. Except Romanov. I don't think you're going to see. I I don't even know if Edmondson will be there. 
I think he will be. I think I think the what if right now is going to be Petrie, uh, just based on his play and and just kind of based on some of the comments he's made and everything. I just think that this was a, a home run swing for Bergevin that looked very very good. Um, the Canadians signed him to a very good valued contract for what he was bringing to the ice, and it really hasn't worked out for him since he signed that contract. Personally, I think he's hurt. I think he's been playing hurt all year. I think I think so too. Hand, I think his hand's still messed messed up. Yeah. But I think I think me. some sort of injury is is, is yeah. definitely. I think he'll lingering. be back. I think he'll be back, just because of all that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we also haven't seen him with as long with 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 Evanston, who who really Evanston really allowed him to play to play this more offensive style yeah. instead of having to do it at both ends of the ice so often. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, COVID cough. Fuck my life. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, all right. Now we got to. Now we got to friggin' isolate for seven yeah, days. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Blaine. <laughs> no, no, uh, no alarm and coming to get me here. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on from that, uh, we'll talk about the pocket hit. So long ago. That was like three years ago. Yeah, well, that was the last game they played and we haven't had a show. So yeah, yeah. Did before we get into the suspension, did you guys think that was a dirty hit, Matt? Yes. Treg. Yes. Well more than fifty percent of the contact was to the head. Like about eighty percent. Uh yeah, I think that had he lowered his shoulder a little bit more and followed through with the hit into Pocket's shoulder, we would not be talking about a dirty hit. No. And, and the think, league, there was, the there league was agrees not a, that it was the there, head first. And there wasn't even a call on the play. Well, no. Generally, well, you don't see it. Don't, generally, you don't see a three-game suspension when there wasn't a, wasn't a call on the play. True. The, th- the three-game suspension kind of, uh, kind of surprised me based on the fact that there wasn't a call on the play. I was expecting one. But he was suspended in the playoffs last year yes. for, a, for a similar hit. Yeah. So if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be seeing three games. We probably would have seen a fine. More than likely. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I was – I'm trying to find it here, but I, I kind of made a tweet that I put out about it because uh, I just didn't understand. Like, uh, So this is a tweet. I put, okay, so player safety deems the hit serious enough for a hearing. This was before the suspension was handed out. The refs in the game didn't call a penalty. Shouldn't the refs involved have some type of hearing as well, right, as to why they didn't call this a penalty or why they missed it? NHL I don't see why not. They have NFL, NHL refs have no accountability, and that's why they are trash, is what I said. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's just because of the Montreal game. You watch any game across the league, and the refereeing in the NHL is so terrible and so – I don't even know how to describe it. There may be two referees where I watch and I enjoy watching them because they call the game from start to finish exactly the way they did at the start the way they do at the end like either they let everything go which is not a bad thing right as long as it goes both ways or except for the obvious calls or they call everything right and i find the referees nowadays just it's almost like they have a game plan going into the game 
of which team they're going to, it's almost like, I don't want to be a conspiracy tinfoil hat wearing thing, but it's almost like the refs are geared to help certain teams and not help other teams. You could definitely say that about the Tampa game. (laughs) Yeah. I, I would disagree with you, except for the fact that back in 2011, the the head of of officiating Colin Campbell had emails going around uh, telling the referees to call games a certain way, especially the games where his son was playing. So I can't say you're wrong because it's happening. It's just the way I see it. And I'm not like, again, I'm not just talking about Montreal. There's been other games I've watched where I'm looking at the referee going, why is this guy getting called for being bigger than this guy? Right. This, that was the penalty. He was just bigger than the other guy. Yeah. And then this guy's getting away with whacking this guy six times in the friggin' legs and not getting a penalty whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, the Montreal-Tampa game was another ridiculously called game. I mean, I know we're getting away from the hit and getting more into refereeing. But first of all, how is the Gallagher goal even called a no goal? Because uh, it's Gallagher. But that that shouldn't be. It shouldn't matter who it is. It should. But that's not in the rule matter. book. It's in the rule book. It's the Gallagher rule, sixty nine point sixty nine. It it doesn't matter. I mean, and then when uh, uh, a Caulfield goes in on a breakaway and he's just getting hacked the whole way into the breakaway. No, no, that was fine. Call. That was fine. And Absolutely. I don't. Fine. You guys know me. I don't normally argue about refs. I don't normally sit there and 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 try to you know, but. Things are getting ridiculous. And the refereeing, you can't even say anything after the game about it. You're not allowed. You get fined. If you say yeah. the refereeing was poor, we need to do a better job. Fine. Right? And I think coaches and teams should be taking more fines. They, it has to be. I mean, if Gary Bettman was going to come out in the playoffs and say they have the best officiating in the entire world, right, you know something's up. Yeah. yeah. We'll, look yeah at, exactly. we'll look at Chris Lee. Right? <laughs> no. Chris, Chris, Chris Lee to. famously – didn't make that call against um, against when the Canadians were playing um, Vegas. There's pictures all over it of Suzuki getting hit in the face. But I think it was by McNabb. Yeah. And um, Lee's just sitting there, just just chilling. And he's actually been in the American Hockey League. His second game of the year was just the other day, and then he, when he when he officiated the Winter Classic. But is that because of a bad call in the? NHL or well there was so, so yes are they hold them accountable like are I think they saying, I, I think that I think for that it was just based no, on the fact he was that there was was he yeah he was doing a rehab stint he had a knee injury from going down on all the Knights players after they gave him uh <laughs> after they gave him a couple wins during from that series Suzuki or? got hit in the head and snow hit his knee and he was oh, like Jesus. oh my knee <laughs> <laughs> But wow. uh, but in general, overall, I can't disagree with Treg. I do find that the officiating in the last few years has started to go downhill in a hurry. Uh, and then you look at the NFL and how they they manage their officials. If an official screws up, they're held accountable publicly. Like they have to make an apology and they have to go through the whole thing. They have to go through courses again. Then they come back to uh, to uh, to officiate a game after a certain amount of time and training is completed. And then if they screw up a second time, they're fired. So the accountability that the NFL has needs to be brought into the NHL. I, I, 
granted hockey's a much faster game and you will miss certain plays and that and that's fine it happens, like you, 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 it happens. I, and, and again i'm not against a, a referee putting his whistle away and not calling anything it's whether or not you're calling it fair and square it's whether yeah. or not you're you know and i'm not saying again i mean we get mostly montreal listeners anyway so it's not going to matter but <laughs> non-montreal listeners uh if they're listening it's not just montreal this is going around this is all over the league and if it's not fixed it at least let the players or the coaches say something at least let them vent their frustrations after the game and say hey there's a way to do it don't say hey those fucking refs are fucking shit blah 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 but then say hey that's our that's our job yeah Yeah. I, i i feel the officiating you know, was a bit biased. I don't know why, but I, I don't understand why we get called for these penalties and they yeah. didn't cut called for this. Or why can't you have something like a, a major hit, like the Paquette thing? Why can't they, why they stop the play to see if the player's all right? Why they can't they go over and look at, take a review of the play and go, Oh man, that was a hit to the head. That is a dirt, you know, even yeah. if they did miss it. Yeah. But how I, many I, times, but we talk about the speed of the game, but how many times have they made a review on a goal uh in a goaltender interference something like that where it's blatantly obvious and it's happened it happened this year when when um gallagher stuck his bedonkadonk out and you know that that, and the goal and the goal was um disallowed and again it's it's the gallagher rule absolutely it shouldn't be that way but we all know that that's how it is there there's four people on the ice that call a penalty because linesmen can call penalty especially if they think it could be a major Nobody's seen that. Nobody, nobody, every, all four of them looked at, cause linesmen don't usually call anything. If they don't see the referees do anything, they just go, all right, they're not calling it. We're not, call, we're not saying anything. And they, you, they work as a team. So it's not like they don't want to overshadow or overplay anyone else, but you can't tell me the four of them looked at that play and thought, Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty fine. That's a pretty good hit. Good job. Well, we're, we're also leaving out the fact that there's a fifth official who's up in the stands. Why can't he be involved in officiating a game he's he's uh perched up high he sees plays as they come you you have a different vantage point so something blatant like that i mean as soon as the play is dead he can just hit the buzzer and then they go to the uh go to the press box or uh to the penalty box and they can talk to him on the headset and he can say hey you guys missed something it this 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 and this and then they can make the call yeah. And then you have Toronto headquarters where they, you know, they're going to be non-biased and uh, not call any goals back or calls. They could even review the play and go, oh, wait a minute. That's a bad fucking hit. You Are know? you telling me the people who grew up in and around Toronto have some kind of a bias to a specific <laughs> hockey team? I'm I can't not see saying it. that at all. You're, you, are, you are putting words in my mouth. It's not what I said. That's what I implied. But that's not yeah. what I said. <laughs> I just don't see. It. It's impossible. I I don't know. I, I just think uh, when you look at the cat hit and with everyone else looks at it, they're like, well, that's a three-game suspension. I didn't think he was going to get anything, personally. Um, they give, Of course, sitting in player safety isn't really well known for being, you About know. player safety. Yeah, really. But I mean, sometimes you'll see a hit and you're like, holy God, that's like a 12 game expansion. It gets like a, the, the biggest fine, fine we can give is 500,000. <laughs> it's $5,000. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then you look at another hit and you're like, oh, that didn't look too bad. This guy suspended for 72 games and won't get, you know, has to, you know, move to Alberta for a year. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not so, be too harsh. I am just saying it's Southern Alberta, not North. 72 games is, is enough. <laughs> but you know like they're not consistent at all with how they call things but anyway it's no. nothing we can do about it obviously it's nothing that coaches and teams can do about but i'm surprised that more owners haven't stepped in and and said something or maybe well, they have it only takes six owners to make a decision anyway so yeah and five of them are jerry uh, jeremy jacobs uh <laughs> but to r- take a step back from officiating i think we need to have a beer and relax. Namely, puck off lagered ale beer would be an excellent choice. Our sponsors at Boxing Rock would be happy for you to partake in that and relax a little bit. If you got up at the break of dawn and spent all day drinking ring coffee while cheering your team under your hockey blanket, you and your dedicated ways deserve a super refreshing perfectly normal beer to share with your friends puck off Lagerdale is brewed with hockey and all its characters in mind cheers to a great puck off and cheers to you hockey parents inspiring coaches the good referees and of course the ever loyal fans that is boxing rock brewing companies puck off Lagerdale. Uh, for our listeners who live in Nova Scotia and are 19 years of age and older, be sure to tag us in any one of the social media platforms that we are on. We're on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I don't know. Are we on Discord? I can't remember. OnlyFans. Are we? Yeah, we're definitely on OnlyFans. Uh, Matt Smith's there. Um, I, know. I have but, no idea if we're on Discord. But uh, But tag... Habs unfiltered on any one of those platforms and tell us why you like our show and you could win your very own 12 box of puck off Lagerdale cans. We will send you the receipt so that you can pick up your own at your local NSLC. What if I don't like the show? Then you don't get anything. Screw you. I don't think that's fair. Too bad. I'm offended. I have a right not to like something, but still get prizes. I'm a Gen X and I really don't give a shit. <laughs> I grew up being told, I'll give you something to cry about. So <laughs> if you don't stop that crying, I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> <laughs> and it stopped. <laughs> do you remember, do you remember those thick leather belts and metal spoons? I do. I had the wooden spoon. Oh no, the, the wooden ones would just break. Every time they hit me with it. So they went to the metal. Remember riding a bike without a helmet? That explains so much. Going over jumps. (laughs) Not remembering going over the jump. (laughs) I did. What what jump? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, moving on. We'll talk now about the newest Montreal Canadiens hiring the new vice president of hockey communications, Chantal Maccabee. So Matt, what do you think? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think they're great signing. Um, she come, brings 
you know, three decades of experience as a sports journalist, very well liked by her uh, colleagues. She knows everybody. Uh, always a very positive face. Um, any any time I've interacted with her on Twitter or anything like that, she's been very kind. And uh, I welcome her to the Canadians organization. I think she's going to do an excellent job. Right. Uh, I think it's great for her. Uh, apparently, she's not going to have the same job as Paul Wilson. Not the exact uh, one, though. Uh, according to what she says in the uh, journal. Um, but I think it's a step in the right direction on getting women in more powerful uh, positions in the NHL. Not powerful, but more uh, um, front office higher positions, position. office positions in there. Um, uh, she's going to report to Jeff Moulton and France. Uh, is it France? Is that how you France pronounce France Belanger. Yeah. Which tells me that France Belanger has a bigger say in the Montreal organization than I thought she was going to have. She is the president. Uh, yes, but I thought she was uh, more the going to be the event co. I thought the hot she was going to be away from more from the hockey stuff and do the other, but apparently she's not. Uh, well, she's the president me. of Group Seash, which is both hockey and Evenco. So she's right. essentially the uh, so Molson's the president of hockey. So she is his boss on the organogram. Interesting. He Even though he's the owner, boss. you can I tell say he hired yeah. his own boss. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's a great step. I think she's going to be, and she's a former journalist. Uh, so she's going to. Uh, uh, come out and I think she's going to change a lot of things. I mean, maybe we'll see more transparency. Maybe we'll see more uh, whatever you want to call it. I mean, she does say, I don't want to use it. I don't want us to be the enemies anymore. It did not make sense. It will change. It's important for me, but it's important for the Canadians. It's important for uh, Jeff Molson and uh, France Margaret Belanger. So. Yeah. And, and I, I, think, I think that's a big step. I think it's a, it's a, they picked the absolute right person. Yes. You, you go on to uh, you go on to social media and normally it's a very polarizing one or the other. There's always two sides, but then you go on to Twitter or Instagram or wherever. And I think there wasn't any bad comments. Everybody was, this is a great hire. We love this because she's so well-respected. She's been in the business for so long. Uh and I've had the opportunity to speak to this this person many times over the over the years, and she is polite. She is kind. She is giving. She's very very intelligent. Uh, I think she's going to do an amazing job. And more importantly, when she took the position, she mentioned on LBS that her goal is to make things more transparent. She's going to be going on air on TSN, RDS, wherever. And she is going to explain the Canadian's position. So she'll be more available. The Canadian's position will be heard more. And players will be more available. So this is going to give fans an opportunity to uh, learn more about certain players. This could turn some of these players into uh, some fan favorites because you'll you get to invest yourself in their lives. You get to learn about them as people not just as hockey players. And and I think that's really going to sell the hockey aspect of it, especially in a very down year as we're having now. 
She was actually uh, asked for about the job on November 30th. So she yeah. really took her time to make sure that uh, I, I'm just going through the journal uh, article. I read it yesterday and she just wanted to make sure that it was going to be the right position for her. And it was the right time for her to move on from uh, RDS and, uh, and, and go from there. Cause I mean, she was with RDS for what, 20 some odd years. Since 32. She, from 32, the first day they started. The first day they started. Yeah. So you know, and she jokes that she thought she was going to be there as long as, uh, um, what's his name? Charles Burrow. Um, yeah. yeah. Who's been there. Uh, Paul Chiron, um, who's been there. He's 86 and he's still, still going boxing. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think we got the right person for that position. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, now we just have, four others to fill and let's hope uh, we get the right people for that. We'll, we'll talk about that in another show, but to continue on this one, um, I think having her and having the ties that she has within the media or, or community, because she just came from that side of it, I think it'll open up more transparency. Like that's that she mentioned transparency several times as being a goal of hers. So with Gorton now in charge, uh, with her in, in position, it seems that transparency is going to be more uh, available to Canadians fans than it has been in the past. I mean, Gorton in New York wrote that big open letter saying, hey, this is what we're doing. He, he didn't lay out in detail, I'm going to do this, this, and this, but he, he let the fans know that this is our plan. This is how we're going to go about it. This is how long we think it's going to take. Um, we want you to be patient with us. We're going to give you some fun stuff, but we're doing this because of X, Y, Z. And I expect to see something like that after the GM is hired. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think uh, that was the biggest issue with Montreal for the past even before Bergman for the past while is they weren't transparent enough. No one knew what was going. Everything was hush hush. You it's always know. been kind of like that though. I mean, with trades and that I can see with injuries, I'm not too big on, I mean, if it's a major injury, like Carey Price, well, what's going on with Carey Price? We should know, you know what I mean? Like, okay. But I mean, if it's an injury where, you know, the guy's going to be back in a week or two, I'm not going to divulge what the injury is because people could try to hurt him again. And uh, you know what I mean? So yeah, like but, how's the uh, recovery going? Are they on yeah, time? Yeah. You know, yeah. stuff like that. But see, before it was like, oh, Price, like when he first got hurt, uh, the Canadians got off to that 10 and 0 start or whatever it is. And then he first got hurt. It was like, oh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Oh, no, it's going to be a couple more weeks. Oh, it's going to be about two months. Okay, now he's not coming back. Well, I think you kind of knew this already. Why are you not? You know what I mean? Like, why is it taking so long to figure this out? I mean, if if they would just said, hey, we expect two weeks, but we're going to reassess after the swelling's down or whatever, we'll give you an update then. I don't think yeah. anyone would have really batted an eye. No. But it was like, two weeks. He's back in two weeks. Don't worry about it. Until he wasn't. Two weeks, two weeks go by. <laughs> oh, okay. No, it's going to be a little longer. Two more weeks. All right. Well, I think that does it for this episode. Uh, we're going to have quite a bit in our next one. We've got all kinds of stuff uh, planned for the next few episodes. We're going to have some guests. Uh, we're going to get back into the swing of things now that it's the new year and we're, we're all starting to go back to work. Blech. Yuck. 
So uh, any final thoughts, Treg? Uh, <laughs> keep an eye one. on Twitter. I think there's a lot of things that's going to come down in the past next two weeks. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of things moving in Montreal in the next two weeks. Matt, just looking forward to this GM search. See who the Canadians are going to bring in. Start filling some of these positions. Give us something else to talk about. Look forward to to uh, know what direction this team's going to go into. And right. see if anyone maybe can maybe surfaces that we've never even talked about. I I think there will be some surprises coming our way. And for myself, I want to just uh, remind or to actually announce to our, our listeners, we now have an active website, www.habsunfiltered.net. And on that website, you'll find all of our sponsors, the, uh, the promo codes, your, your percentages off. Uh, you'll find links to where you can listen to our show. And there may even be some blog posts, uh, Matt, might get back into writing again uh he has that opportunity now so keep an eye out for that there might be some surprises in there maybe a giveaway or two like free beer from boxing rock uh and i want to thank everyone for listening uh you guys have been very patient with us for this week off we appreciate that and we're going to try our best to give you more content and just have fun with it so Thank you for listening, and remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. 
follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.